in the first service, I started teaching about um, honor. And um, actually, this month, I've, as I've been talking about honor, I've been dwelling mostly on honoring God, mostly on honoring God. That's what I've taught so far, uh, honoring God. And in the first service, I began to teach about honoring God and some of the results. I, 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 I mentioned that when we honor God, God also honors us. And this is very obvious from our text in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse number 30. And we see that God does not only receive honor from us, but God also honors those who honor him. And uh, I mentioned that one of the mistakes we can make is to label some of the things we receive from God as honor, whereas they are just honors that are on the peripheries or blessings that are on the peripheries of the honor and the blessings that God can give us. And so I read from Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to 18, because in the church of Laodicea, they boasted, they bragged, and they prided themselves in the fact that they were rich. They prided in themselves in the fact that they had increased in goods and they had need of nothing. But God said in verse number 17 that they were wretched, they were miserable, they were poor, blind, and naked. And so in verse number 18, he counseled that they buy real gold that is tried in the fire that they can be rich. White raiment that they will be clothed because he said they had been naked and that the shame of, thy, of their nakedness would not appear. And God wanted them to anoint their eyes with eye salve so that they could see very well. And um, as I continue in this second service, I want to teach on that same um, subject of honor. And um, as we honor God, obviously we've seen from our scripture uh, honoring God brings honor back to us and anytime we are looking at the honor that we want to receive we need to pay attention to the teachings of Jesus in John 5 41 he tells us that he will receive honor from nobody he will only receive honor from God um, other version says I, I, I receive approval from nobody and but th this one this is the King James he says I receive not honor from men and so Jesus teaches us that the goal the objective is not honor from men the goal the objective is honor from God and so I want us to see this because there are certain things that we might finally decide we have been honored we have been blessed and yet we may not be honored and blessed as we we think we have been honored and blessed in life and so let's lay the foundation and let's understand that if we expect to be honored by God we must first honor him in honoring God we can expect him to honor us in return so the age-old principle holds true your input determines your output and so this is the principle that 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 holds true in this matter that what we put in in terms of honoring God will determine what we can receive in terms of being honored by God. In the first service, I, I, I also took some time to teach from uh, the writings of Paul to the church of Philippi in Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, verse 18, 19 mostly, and uh, what he teaches about in Philippians 3, 18, 19. And uh, there are four things that he talks about that I want you to draw your attention, I want to draw your attention to. There are four things as he writes to the church in Philippi, and um, there are four things I want you to look at. The first one he talks about is he mentions or he inquires who is your God it's a question that you need to answer he said that there are many uh, what they are doing is that their God um, 
these people, he says that these people, their God is their own belly, their stomach, their belly, that is their own God. And so when he talks about their belly being their God, he's talking about their every effort feeding them, their very effort satisfying themselves. They are not interested in satisfying God. They are not interested in honoring God. They are interested in satisfying themselves. They are interested in honoring themselves. And what he's teaching us is that God must be God in our lives. And so um, uh, we, we can read about Joshua when Joshua said that I and my house we shall serve the Lord as for me and my house we shall serve the Lord and so God must be God not our belly and so we mustn't be thinking about what we will receive and I mentioned in the first service I want to mention again it is noteworthy because there are many of us our Christian life is geared towards what we can get all the prayer all the fasting all the giving all that we are doing it is because of what we can get there, there, there are people who when they give to somebody and the person does not acknowledge that this person gave me something they can't stand it now i want to i want you to understand life is like that it's not everybody who you bless who will appreciate you in the end but they mustn't determine what you do praise the lord you must know what is right and practice what is right hallelujah and so now we 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 read then that these people their god is their belly and if we're going to honor god we must settle that we mustn't honor ourselves through our efforts we must honor god through our efforts and he said that their mind is on worldly things their mind is on worldly things and i want to find out this morning what is your mind on what is your attention on that is also extremely important as we journey in honoring God where your mind is is crucial in this journey of honoring God what is your mind on what do you think of most of the time now the, the test then is that everything you do must be geared towards honoring God every action every activity it must be geared towards honoring God and he says that their shame their glory is in their shame their glory is in their shame and it's amazing because here Paul is talking about the choices that people make and where it leads them the shame that these uh, choices bring them and yet that is what they have chosen but my prayer is that God will help us that we will choose our will make our choices will make decisions in such a way it will not bring shame but it will rather bring glory to the name of the Lord our God I watched I watched a video I watched a video on YouTube this past week and there's this Nigerian senator he's the youngest senator in Nigeria and he was uh, he went to a, a shop I mean the shop itself is a bad shop to start with they sell sex toys and he went with about three girls the video is there the CCTV uh, uh, coverage uh, is there and he went with about three girls his hands around them and then I think he was buying something and the person who was selling was delaying a little he got angry and started slapping the girl he gave her I mean when I counted at least about three or four slaps and then when they called him to the senate hearing committee he said I'm an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ I can't do anything that will shame the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in fact when he said that i had watched enough so i just shut off the video now it's interesting because he had gone to a wrong place followed by the wrong people i mean you look at the way he was dressed and the girls were dressed it is so suggestive obviously they were coming from a nightclub and yet he was saying i'm an ambassador i'm sure that's his way of doing evangelism and i'm, a, I'm an ambassador of the lord jesus christ and i can't do any such thing and he was saying it 
boldly. And, and these people, Paul talks about them, that their glory is in their shame. And, and, and I want us to make choices that always bring glory to God. It's like God's name is a magic one. Whenever we are in trouble, we try to weave the name of God. I'm an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. But these things we do bring shame to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible talks about their end. The Bible says that their end is distraction. And the end of a person, the end of an event, the end of an activity is always important because it points to whether it glorified God or not. And here the Bible tells us in Psalm 37 verse 37, mark the upright, mark the perfect, for the end of that man is peace. And my prayer is that everything that you are involved in, it will end with the peace of the Lord. It will end with the peace of the Lord. Anytime you engage in something, anytime you make a decision and at the end of that decision, at the end of that activity, there is no peace in your spirit. It just means that God and the honor of God has not been the first thing you considered. But when God and the honor of God is the first thing you've considered, it always ends in the peace of God. And so now I started teaching and I want to pick up in this second service. I started teaching about what happens when somebody is honored by God. What does it mean when a man is honored by God? And we want to look at it. What does it mean when a man is honored by God? When a man is honored by God for the purpose of this teaching, the first thing I want you to know is that the presence of God and the leading of God is with that person. Anybody honoring by God, the presence of God and the leading of God is with that person. Anytime God honors you, he does not keep his presence from you and he does not keep his leading from you. You know, sometimes when we do events, sometimes when there are ceremonies and certain people come, they honor us with their presence. Sometimes when you are on a certain journey and somebody decides to come along with you, it's an honor. Sometimes, in fact, there are people we call them guests of honor because we believe that it is an honor to have that guest in the midst of us. Well, the most honorable person at every event, the most honorable person at any ceremony that you can have is the very person of God. If God decides to come along with you, God has honored you with his presence. See, when God is with you, the majority is always on your side because when God is with you, they that are with us are always more than they that are against us. And it's my prayer that this year as you choose to honor God, his presence will go with you. His presence will go with you. Somebody say your presence Lord. On Wednesday night in the teaching from Luke chapter 10, uh, I started talking about how that when Jesus appeared in the house of Mary and Martha and their brother John, the Bible, uh, their, brother, their brother Lazarus, sorry, the Bible tells us that while Martha was busy serving, Mary chose a place, sat down in the presence of Jesus and began to listen to the word. Martha was so angry, she went to Jesus and said, Master, don't you care that I'm the one doing all the work and my sister is just sitting sitting down doing nothing and Jesus said what your sister has chosen is needful and it shall not be 
taken away from her. My prayer is that you will choose the presence of God. Anytime God blesses you with his presence, that is a way God has honored you. Somebody say the presence of the Lord. And so we know that our greatness as a people is found in God's presence with us. Deuteronomy 4, 7 and 8. For, with, for what nation is there so great who had God so nigh unto them? So the greatness of this people, the greatness of the nation of Israel is seen in the nearness of God to them. If God were at a distance from them, then the distance of God, that disadvantage is what would have limited their greatness. But God being with you, God being part of your life, that is a sign of honor. In Exodus 33, Moses makes a prayer in verse number 15. And as he prays, he says, if thy presence go not with me, carry us up not hence. Moses had been praying to God that God would send them prosperously to the promised land and they had been facing obstacles and so Moses prayed and God said to Moses my goodness will go ahead of you my hand will go ahead of you but Moses knew that what you need from God is not his goodness what you need from God is not his blessing what you need from God most importantly is the presence of God so he said if your presence does not go with us don't send us I'm praying that in the month of July if you don't don't even have enough money you don't have enough friends you don't have enough supporters every time you look around at yourself you will know that God is with you and that the Lord stands with you am I, am I, am I speaking to the right people because sometimes you might have the money and you might have the friends and you might have the approval but if God is not with you it amounts to nothing may the presence of God be with with you and so the greatness of Israel as a nation is seen in the presence of God with them he said what nation is there so great who has God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for whenever you call upon him may he show up and may the presence of God abide and be with you have come to understand that the presence of God ensures that uncompromising victories are always your portion. You see, God being with you will ensure that if you walk in the Red Sea, the Red Sea must be parted and you must walk over on dry ground to the other side. God's presence with you will ensure that like Peter, you can walk on the water. God's presence with you will ensure like Samson, with your bare hands, you can defeat a lion. When God is with you, David said, you teach my hands to war and my hand can and the bow of steel. Anytime God is with you, the most difficult, the most impossible, God will help you through it. You see, some things are difficult, but that doesn't mean that they are impossible with God. If God is with you, they will be difficult, but they will never be impossible. He will take you through every step of the way. And when God honors you, that's one of the things he does for you. He leaves his presence with you. You see, for the truly blessed in 
life the presence of God is with them do you have friends like that you never you can't tell they don't have enough education they don't have enough connections they don't have enough money but somehow there's a certain presence in their life that every step of the way when it matters most God makes a way when it matters most God opens a door and that's my prayer for you because when you are honored by God his presence stays with you his presence goes with you in the theater he's there with you even if the surgeon is not there God is there standing with you and I'm praying for that kind of presence in every season and every situation you are truly honored by God when his presence goes with you he said when you walk through the fire I will be with you when you walk through the water I will be with you I'm praying the presence for you I'm praying the presence for your family I'm praying the presence for your children it will make all the difference ask Elisha when they had been surrounded by enemies his servant thought surely they were finished but Elisha said no for them that are with us are more than them that are against us and so he prayed and said Lord open the eyes of my servant when his eyes were open they were surrounded all round by fire I'm praying in the name of Jesus that the one the one the one the one that you cannot do without he will be with you may the presence of God go before you go before your family go before your children go before your business in the mighty name of Jesus you don't need money like you need the presence of God you don't need help like you need the presence of God because if God be for you who and what can be against you a thousand shall fall by your side and ten thousand by your right hand side but no evil shall come near the place of your dwelling my prayer is God himself will go with you God himself will go with you in the name of Jesus when God honors a man he gives you his presence and he gives you his leading verse number 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 4 he gives you his presence and he gives you his leading he said and what nation is there so great they have statutes and judgment so righteous as this law this law he was talking about the book of the law as this law which God has set before you this day anytime a man is honored by God God gives him his law by this we prevail in life by this we break through in life by this we succeed in life in case you don't believe it check the book of uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse number 8 he said this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth you shall meditate on it day and night and observe to do according to all that is written therein he said for then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success you see every law of prosperity is in here every law of success is in here so when God honors a man he begins to give you revelation into his word the more word you have the more God has honored you as you begin to use the word the word brings favor the word brings joy the word brings peace the word brings rejoicing the things that the natural finite mind cannot understand the word begins to expose you and open 
those things up to you anytime somebody is honored by God he leads you by his word the Bible says that the steps of a good man they are ordered by the Lord how does God order the steps of a good man in some one one night David writes verse 9 verse 11 he said how can a young man keep his way he writes in some one one night verse some one one night verse 9 verse 11 thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you jump to verse 11 uh, jump to verse number nine let's start from verse number nine some one one nine verse number nine without shall a young man cleanse his way by taking he thereunto according to thy word verse number 11 verse number 11 jump to 11 thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you and so we know that a young man can perfect the course of his life by paying attention to the word of God because the word of God delivers you from the things that are common to your peers and your companions the word of God makes the way clear before you it raises a path before you and when others are stumbling and they are slipping you know exactly where to put your feet one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other and that becomes the guidance and the leading of the Lord to you and so in Psalm 23 he says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want you see when God gives you his word and the word begins to shepherd you the word will ensure you will want no testimonies you will want no peace you will want no joy you will want no miracles the word leads you he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies ah, thou anointest my head with oil my cup shall run over surely goodness and mercy they pursue after me they follow me all the days of my life and this is my response I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever am I speaking to the right people anytime somebody is favored by God God is the one leading your life I've said it here severally and I want to say it again it doesn't take time to succeed in life it takes guidance to succeed in life it doesn't take time to succeed in life it takes guidance to succeed in life your guidability your ability to yield to God to guide you is the key to your success in life you see if you come to my office right now and I tell you go and bring my car key because you don't know where I put my car key in the office it will take you a long time but if I guide you and I tell you on the table there is a drawer there's a chest of drawers sitting on my table open the first one oh, that is on my table the key is in a brown envelope remove it and bring it you just walk into my office even though you don't work there and go and open the drawer on my table and pull out the key from the brown envelope because you were guided in Psalm 33 and verse number 10 the Bible said even the young lion they suffer hunger and they lack you see we've seen that the number one killer of lions in the world is hunger hunger kills lions but they that 
wait upon the Lord, the Bible said, they shall be satisfied with every good thing. And I want you to know if God is leading you, there is no way you are going to miss it. One way God honors us, he honors us by leading us with his word. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus that in the month of July, God will honor you. God will honor you. God will honor you. Okay, that's Psalm 34 verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord, they shall not want any good thing. I'm praying for you that God will lead you by his word. Somebody say, Lord, speak to me. Somebody say, Lord, speak to me. Anytime the word of God comes to you, you become better than a lion. Psalm 23 verse 1 says it. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. While the lions are hungry, in Psalm 34 verse 10, the lamb are being fed because they have a shepherd. There's somebody in this auditorium, in this service, in the month of July, God will lead you. God will guide you by his word. God will bring you to your testimony. God will bring you to your miracle. If you can go by the word, if you can follow the word, there's nothing God wants to do that he will not be able to do. Somebody scream, lead me by your word. I found out that anytime God honors us, he gives us his word. I want you to stop looking for money. Start looking for word. The more word God gives you, can you imagine in Genesis chapter 26, let's start from verse number one. The Bible is talking about Isaac, right? And God is talking about Isaac in a time where there was a famine. Where there was a famine. And in verse number two, when God appears to Isaac and God speaks to him in a famine, hmm, the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down to Egypt, dwell in the land. Which land? Here that there's a famine. It's already a desert. And it's a famine in the desert. And God appears to him and God says, stay there. Anytime God honors a man, he gives him guidance. His word appears to you. When the word of God appears to you, can you check? Uh, first Kings chapter 17, verse number 8. When God had spoken to Elijah and shown him where to go in a time of famine, the food ran out. And when the food ran out, Elijah was not moved because Elijah had been honored by God. And so when there was nothing, God's word came back to Elijah. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath. When you have the word, you have been honored by God. God did not want Elijah to go one day without food. And so the moment the resources were depleted, the word of God came to him again. Anytime God honors you, he gives you his word. In that scripture in Genesis chapter 26, when the word of God came to Isaac, God told him, I want you to stay in the land. And he did not only ask him to stay, God wanted him to stay there and sow in the land. Well, so from verse number 12, he stayed. He sowed. And the Bible said, in the same year where there was a famine, by the word, that God used to guide him, he received a hundredfold. And I'm sure everybody was just wondering, how come we didn't know we have to sow this year? And you see, when you make a mistake of not sowing, you only find out at harvest time. So while he was sowing, people were laughing at him. But when harvest came, people were like, ah, 
If I knew, I'd have also sown my seed. Praise God. When God honors you, he guides you with his presence. He guides you. He leads you. Right? God gives you his presence and God leads you. That's number one. Number two, and probably I'll stop here. When God honors a man, when God honors a man, the second thing we see, he makes promises to the person. And God's promises always hinge on this one thing. I will show you my faithfulness. Anytime God makes promises to us, the promises of God to us hinge on this one promise. I will show you my faithfulness. There is nobody that has been honored by God that has not seen the faithfulness of God. Anytime God desires to honor you, he will show you his faithfulness. Somebody say, I will see the faithfulness of the Lord upon this land of the living. For everyone here that has been honoring God, that is God's promise to you. Anytime God honors us, he makes promises to us. And the promises all hinge on the faithfulness of God. In the book of 1 Thessalonians 5.24, the Bible says, Faithful is he that calleth you. He also, he will do it. When John the Revelator saw Jesus riding on the white horse in the book of Revelations, he said, the name of he that sat on the horse in the white garment was faithful and true. Faithful and true. He's not a man that he should lie. And anytime God honors us, he makes us promises. Anytime God honors us, he makes us promises. In the banking world, there's such a thing as dishonoring a promise. A promissory note, a check that you write to somebody is actually a criminal offense. You write a check that is not honored. So what God does is that he gives us promises. Now the intent is that he will honor the promises that he has made to us. Now the circumstances under which God makes the promises to us, those are the beautiful things. God makes promises to us at a time when the things he's promising us do not look like they can become a reality. Then when he fulfills the promise, we can see that it had to take a hand that is mightier than the hand of man to fulfill those promises to us. And so by the time God was telling Israel, I will make you a great nation, Israel was nothing. So when they became a great nation, they took notice it wasn't because of their numbers, it wasn't because of their ability or their effort it was because of the Lord their God that went before them, that fought their every battle and if you are here this morning and you find yourself in a situation where it looks like nothing is going to work and no answer is going to be released to you please remember that by honoring God, God is going to honor you and what he will do is that he will fulfill his every promise to you. Before I began to preach, I mentioned how that my mother would always go to women's aglo meeting and come back and say Emilia, Emilia, referring to Reverend Mrs. Emilia Bwedidakwa. And my mother never saw me. You know, she saw me preaching, yes, but she didn't see me. You know, even at this level of ministry that I am, when she saw me, I was just a boy. I was in Bible school and I was doing my best for God, but there was a promise for the future. And I'm 
sure if she had seen one of these days, she would have been so excited and so happy that all the hell and all the pain and all the difficulty and all the promises God was making in those seasons while I was going through all those crushing moments, they were all worth it. And I'm sure if she were in these services, she would not even just be shouting. She would be crying because she would see the faithfulness of God. And there's somebody listening to me. You are at the point where everything looks like it's over and nothing can be done and this is an impossible situation. But when God honors us, he gives us promises. It's like you've done some work for somebody and you are waiting for your money and the person gives you a check. And as you are looking at the check, you are trying to tell the person, Charlie, I need money. I don't need a check. I need money. But God is saying, it's good. It's good. It's good. Just go to the bank. It's good. Just go to the bank. And usually when we're writing checks, we don't write, we don't write five CD check, ten CD check. No. Because usually when the amount is heavy, we want the money to be portable so you can carry a check and you can carry a lot of money in one small envelope and nobody knows because some checks by the time you cash the check they must give you a sack a kotoku that you put at your back to carry one check and God is telling me to tell somebody he's giving you a promise and the promise looks like nothing but if you can engage the promise of God that is how God desires to honor you is there somebody here with a promise from the Lord and I want to end by telling you that God is going to honor his promise we see this in Psalm 16 from verse 8 to verse number 10 he said I have set the Lord always before me and this is actually a messianic psalm a psalm of David he said I have set the Lord always before me and because he's at my right hand I shall not be moved we looked at this last week he said therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiced my flesh also shall rest in hope finally verse number 10 for thou will not leave my soul in hell neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption here he was talking about the resurrection he was talking about the raising of the dead in verse number 10 and now we see this is what Christianity is about you see the core message of Christianity is either the rapture or the resurrection and the rapture those of us that are still alive we shall be raised from the earth and caught up with him in the heaven and then at the rapture those that are dead in Christ they will be honored by God raising them from the dead what it means is that God will raise us up God will not abandon us where we are and I want you to know if you are a believer and you've been spending time honoring God this is God's promise to you I will show you my faithfulness I will not leave you where you are for everybody honoring God God will not leave you where you are the place where you are is only temporal and I want to challenge you I want to challenge you and I want you to know if you have spent time honoring God where you are is temporal get ready God is about to move you I said get ready God is about to move you can you slap somebody with a high five say I'm feeling it I'm getting ready to move can you help me with a keyboard God is about to move somebody from this place where you are and God is about to take you to the place where he promised you God does not fail he's faithful to every word he's faithful to every promise you can put your whole life on the word of God and God
God will not fail you. Slap somebody with a high five. Say, my God will never fail me. My God will never fail me. Oh, faithful God, we praise your name this morning. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is a faithful God. And we trust in the faithfulness of God. As we think about the resurrection, as we think about the rapture, these are pictures in our minds that when we honor God, God will not abandon us. God will not leave us behind. God will honor his promise to us. And I want you to know, child of God, for every season you find yourself in now, God will not abandon you. God will not leave you behind. In Deuteronomy 31 and verse number 6, he said, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that that God before thee. He will not fail thee. He will not forsake thee. God makes us a promise. He said, I won't fail you. I won't forsake you. I won't fail you. I won't forsake you. That's somebody's promise. You can raise your children on that promise you can enjoy your marriage on that promise your career you can hang it on that promise your business you can hang it on that promise your life you can hang it on that promise your dreams you can hang it on that promise God said I won't fail you maybe you are thinking of the future it doesn't look glorious it looks dismal and gloomy but I came to tell you your God the God who is faithful he will not fail you he will not fail you not today, not tomorrow, never. Can you slap somebody with a high five and say, my God will not fail me. And I'm telling you, as sure and as true as the word of God is, there's going to be one morning when you wake up from bed like every other morning, but that morning will be a different morning because the thing that has not happened in 10 years, the thing that has not happened in five years, the thing that has not happened in 20 years, the thing that has not happened in 20 years, in two years in one year that particular morning when you wake up from bed you will stretch like every other morning you go and wee wee like every other morning but that morning it will be a different morning because finally God is going to visit you and put a song in your mouth a song of praise I waited patiently upon the Lord he inclined his ears unto me he lifted me also out of the mary clay there's going to come a day when God shows you he's a faithful God and I'm telling you if you can believe and hold on to the word of God God will not abandon you he will show you his faithfulness can you slap somebody with a high five say my God will not leave me behind my God will not forsake me my God will not abandon me the children of Israel were rescued 430 years my goodness 430 years if you ever endured 430 years of slavery it will look like we are not coming out of this and as a human being I face that sometimes in my own life though I'm a pastor and though I'm the one preaching because sometimes I generalize and I think Lord with all that I'm going through how will I ever come out but this is the assurance it can even take 430 years it doesn't matter it won't stop your God because after all of this God will still make a way God will still make a way and for those of you that have been knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking and the door does not seem to be opening it's problem after problem after problem it's a headache after a headache 
at the heading your God is going to remember you and your God is going to make a way for you your God is going to bring you out of this one and your God is going to ensure if others can rejoice if others can laugh you also God is going to make you to rejoice I just don't understand when I read my Bible in Hebrews 11 and verse number 7 I just don't understand why of all the people God just came to Jonah and just Noah sorry and just God warned Noah but I found that in Genesis the Bible said and Noah found grace in the sight of God and when he found grace in the sight of God that's why God made him a promise he told him water is coming it's going to destroy the whole earth but this is what I want you to do so you and your family can be saved there's somebody here listening to me the same way God did not abandon Noah and his family God will not abandon you God will not abandon your family please you can start celebrating already you can start jubilating already you can start praising God for your testimony because as surely as the Lord lives God is going to make it a reality slap somebody with a high five say I'm not tired of waiting I'm not done waiting I'm not tired of waiting I'm not done waiting can you slap seven people with a high five tell them I'm still waiting I'm still waiting my God does not disappoint my God cannot disappoint my God will not disappoint in the book of Daniel chapter 3 verse 23 to 26 the Bible talks about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and for me the part I love so much is when the king went to stand by the fire you see he saw that instead of a three men in the fire there were four men in the fire and so in verse number 26 King Nebuchadnezzar came near to the fire and was talking to them in the fire can I tell you something we are the people that talk in fire yeah we don't die in fire we talk in fire I want to tell somebody here we can carry on a conversation and we are in fire and nobody even knows it but we are in fire because our God will not abandon us am I talking to some fire talkers I want to declare to you today our God will not abandon us our God is a faithful God our God is a faithful God and our God will not abandon us we are not getting ready to die in the fire as a matter of fact we'll be on the phone in the fire hello what's up what's going on and people don't even know we are in the fire if I were screaming in the fire it would be normal if I were making noise in the fire it would be normal but my God is too faithful and my God is too good I'm going to be in that fire and I'm going to be talking back to that Nebuchadnezzar tell Nebuchadnezzar I'm not going to die in the fire I will be alive my God will preserve me am I speaking to the right people I came to declare to somebody the Lord will honor you in the month of July the Lord will honor you the Lord will honor you in Psalm 37 23 to 25 he said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord yeah he's talking
talking about the guidance and he says the good man will delight in his way and though he fall he shall not be utterly cast down for the hand of the Lord upholded him so sometimes some people fall but they will not remain down but do you know when others fall they can never rise again but when the child of God falls you will be upheld by the hand of God and in verse number 25 he says I've been young now I'm old I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread you can hang your life on this scripture you can hang your destiny on this scripture God will never forsake you tell everybody around you this morning God will never forsake me he won't forsake my children he won't forsake my dreams he won't forsake my future I understand there are times when it looks impossible I understand there are times when it looks like you are not going to make it I understand there are times it looks like you are sinking I understand there are times it looks like you are dying but God has never forsaken the righteous and God will not forsake you can you start thanking God for your blessing already you can start blessing God Lord I thank you for your peace Lord I thank you for your joy and everybody around is wondering where is the peace where is the joy but you can start praising God already because God is going to make a way even in the place where there is no way I came to speak to somebody and tell you God will make a way God will bring you out the Lord will not abandon you let me end with the testimony of the Apostle Paul please put Acts 27 verse 21 to 25 on the screen and I want to end with the testimony of the Apostle Paul you see they were going on a journey and Paul had been praying for the journey Romans chapter 1 verse 9 to 11 he had been praying for this journey in Acts 27 and he had prayed to God for a prosperous journey he had prayed to God for a prosperous journey from Romans chapter 1 verse 9 to 11 he had prayed for a prosperous journey and the outcome of the journey verse 11 of Romans chapter 1 was that he had some grace that he wanted to impart onto the church in Rome and so God had prepared Paul to go and be a blessing to these people but when they started on the journey Paul picked it up in the realm of the spirit that the journey was going to be a calamitous journey but the sailors the sailors and the centurion they did not listen to Paul because he was not a sailor neither was he a meteorologist and sometimes people figure us wrongly because when we tell them what God is going to do they want to ask our qualification uh, my only qualification is that I'm a born-again believer I speak in tongues I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and that's how I can predict what God is about to do can I finish this morning and so after a long abstinence because there was a lot of storming on the sea and then there was the Eurocliden which was uh, which was the typhonic wind that was blowing on the sea and the Bible said after a long abstinence Paul stood forth in the midst of them and he said says he should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Greece to and to have gained this harm and loss and now I exhort you be of 
good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the sheep don't worry guys we will lose the sheep Paul why are you saying this verse now can he said for there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I said his angel stood by me saying fear not Paul thou shalt be brought before Caesar and lo God had given thee all them that sail with thee if you stand with the right people because God honors his words to his people God will honor his word to you and we know how this story ended they arrived on broken pieces of the ship but God ensured that not one of them was dead they arrived every one of them alive I want to tell somebody God will keep his promise God will keep his promise God will keep his So, by the time Paul is writing to his son Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, I think it's verse number 13, Paul was a veteran. He had tested the promises of God and he knew, okay, go to verse number 12. He knew that the promises of God are always true. God does not fail. So he said, for the which cause I also, I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed. I want to end here this morning. Do you know? Do you know him? Anytime he honors you, he makes a promise. And the promise is the reason why you can suffer everything with a smile. Because he will never fail us. He will never fail us. Can you lift your two hands wherever you are? He will never fail us. Lift your hands wherever you are. Can you honor the Lord? With your mouth and with your heart. Can you honor the Lord with your mouth and with your heart? Can you honor the name of Jesus this morning?